Hello, my name is Shane Eidelman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Eidelman Unplugged. My personal health plan, and we're here in chapter 5, part 5 of my book on fasting. The title is Feasting and Fasting, What Works, What Doesn't, and Why. And just want to remind you, you can get a free download at our church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org. Again, westsidechristianfellowship.org. And there's free downloads of my books there. That will answer a lot of the questions you might have on fasting. But we're going to get into something a little personal now, but it, I think it'll be important. I'm going to talk about my personal health plan. Actually, again, reading from the manuscript. Although my mother did a great job promoting health, once I left home, my days were marked with alcohol abuse and junk food. A cinnamon roll and coffee was breakfast. Fast food was dinner. Granted, I tried to eat healthy as often as I could, but it was a major challenge. At 19, I began using steroids such as Sustanon 250, Equipoise, Winstrel V, Decadurable, and Dianabol, you name it. And if you start to combine all these things, you start to become not only bigger, but I, I would say more unhealthy. Remember, it's not always, you know, you can weigh 250 pounds and have lots of muscle mass. That's not necessarily healthy. What can the body support? What can your heart and your nervous system and all that, what can it support? That's why lean Really, what we're finding is lean is the key. When I was younger, I didn't care about dying early if I could eat whatever I wanted. I failed to realize that poor eating habits affect the quality of life, from depression and anxiety to poor health and chronic illness. Most of us know what to do. We just have a hard time doing it. Amen? Most of us know what to do. We just have a hard time doing it. We need motivation and direction. For this reason, I simplified my personal plan by focusing on just a few key points. If these six points become your priorities, you'll be well on your way to better health. And a lot of the stuff I've talked about already in the book, but I think it might be good to sum up everything for you. So number one, is your spiritual health going in the right direction? Is your spiritual health going in the right direction? My hope is that readers, in your case, listeners, don't become obsessed with fitness. Real health has spiritual health at the center. Jeremiah 29, 13 is a favorite verse of mine. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek with me with all of your heart. We must first discipline ourselves before desire comes. We must first empty ourselves in order to be filled. We must first pray before there is transformation and we must seek him if we are to truly find him. It all begins with a choice. And again, you can listen to all of our sermons on social media platforms that will really help in this area. But that is number one. If I don't have spiritual health, if I'm not focusing on God in the morning and he's my pursuit, you're going to be really misled if you're, you're trying to, you know, if I could just get that six pack, I'll be happy. Many times you'll find that a nice physique will get you into more trouble. It's not necessarily going to take away some pain. It might bring a lot more pain. Number two, knock out the heavy weights early in the fight. This is vitally important. Addiction to things such as caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, processed food, sugars, unnecessary medication, toxic food. You need to eliminate these things as soon as possible and begin weaning off and get off of them as an addiction. Now, you might enjoy this or that now and then, but for the most part, these are the strongholds that are taking us down. The first step in the right direction often leads to the next step. As I wrote earlier, or as I said earlier, 
Avoid fake sweeteners such as aspartame and uh, NutraSweet. It's also known as NutraSweet equal amino sweet and all those different things. They are chemicals, not natural sweeteners. Then number three, drum roll for number three, less is more, less is more. The less we eat, the better. I'm not talking about calorie depletion and walking around always hungry. That has dangers as well, but we don't need to be eating and consuming as much as we are. Less is more, especially as you get older. You don't need as many calories as you once did. Try to stop when satisfied rather than full and rest the digestive tract as much as possible. That's where intermittent fasting comes in. Fortunately, nutrient-dense vegetables are low in calories and will satisfy the body. A large bowl of, of kale and Brussels sprouts and asparagus and some nuts and some homemade hummus and is packed with nutrients and only has about 400 calories. Number four, move more, a lot more. Move more, a lot more. I try to move more. When possible, center activities around activity, not food. That is key. Can you imagine if we centered a lot, not a, not all of them, but some, some of our activities around moving instead of feeding the body all the time? Instead of a men's breakfast, we would have a men's walk. And it wouldn't bring your donut and eggs and bacon. And you would we would walk for a few miles for about an hour and a half. It was, it was encouraging. It was great. So try to stay busy. It burns more energy and it's biblical. People often take long walks, visit people in nursing homes, volunteer more. The list is endless. Remember, exercise keeps your arteries healthy. And it's not just about working out. It involves moving like God designed us. Number five, number five, green feeds the machine and colorful is powerful. Meat and dairy are secondary. Meat and dairy are secondary. So again, there's different views. People love carnivore. They love eating tons of meat. How I feel after eating a lot of meat, just biblically speaking, I think that plants were our primary fuel source from a biblical perspective. If you don't have creation in there as your gauge, it's going to be difficult to know what diet is best. So green feeds the machine, lots of greens. I mean, we, I'm not going to name them all. You know, colorful salads. Sometimes I love to have yellow, red, and green bell peppers on my salad. Some grilled chicken breasts, but see the chicken is not the main thing. The salad is and some good salad dressing that does not have a lot of the refined oils in there. Again, not going to go into that because I did many, many, many times. Also, Jesus ate fish and honeycomb. The Bible talks about that. He no doubt ate lamb on occasion. He no doubt ate bread. I mean, he, he ate a lot of these God given foods, but you have to be careful. A lot of the fish today is farm like farmed salmon, wild caught is always the best. And even at that, you know, with that, there's PCBs, chemicals and things like that in the farming practices. Uh, so we have to be really careful. So if I consume meat and dairy, my goal in the book, I wrote 10%. I talked about, I would change that now. I would probably, you know, meat and dairy, I'd probably, some days I don't have any, but you know, in a certain day, I'll probably have a good 20% of my diet can be meat. When you look at total caloric intake, maybe even 30%. Some days, other days, maybe zero. You know, it's good to mix it up. So if I eat 2,500 calories a day, I shoot for about 250 calories from meat or dairy. Again, back then, now I would probably up that a little bit more. I've looked at Harvard studies and Stanford studies and WebMD and plant-based diets tend to um, have, I believe, the highest benefit as far as nutrient dense and health and longevity. However, what they have against them is with the lack of protein comes a lack of muscle 
And so muscle is a very important organ in the body, if you want to call it an organ. Muscle tissue, how the body compresses and lifts, and it's it's really an important part of our body. And the more you have that is good. So if you're on plant-based and you're missing some you know key vitamins and minerals, even though you can't take supplements and you're kind of weak, you might live longer and maybe the blood work does look a little bit healthier, but also there's some benefits to having um, more muscle as well. So I think it's it's a hard balancing match to find for sure. Vegetables need to become the primary food in your life, I believe. We eat natural. We eat, eat like God designed it. Also, make sure that things aren't pre- sprayed with pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, all those different sides out there. Be careful. Again, and I sometimes eat things that are sprayed. I mean, it's, it's impossible to do it 100% correctly, but you can get on track and, you know, succeed a lot more than you fell. You know, and the high amount of water, I believe in plants also helps with hydration and energy and hydration is huge. It affects a lot of things from heart health to joint movement, eyesight, everything is running better when you factor in hydration and water. Finicky fats, finicky fats. When eating good fats, avoid eating too many unless you're trying the ketogenic approach. When it comes to nuts, aim for raw and sprouted, but sometimes labels can be misleading. For example, cashews aren't raw unless you pick them from a cashew nut tree. Cashews sold in stores are pre-cooked and almonds in California are pasteurized. But don't get obsessed with perfection. Enjoy good fats, nuts, avocados, flaxseed, coconut oil, or coconuts. If you want to eat a coconut, I don't know, I don't know how many people do that. Avocados, of course, are one of my favorites, and nuts, I think, are my top two. Remember, the life of the food gives life to the body. So next time, Snickers bar versus an apple. What what am I what am I giving to the body? Captain Crunch? versus, you know, Ezekiel cereal with some slices of bananas on it and some raw dairy, raw milk, a big difference there. We need good fats from our brain that contains fats to all of our cells. We need fats to function. Fat is essential. That's why they are called essential fatty acids. Recall my earlier mention that I'm a proponent of eating the actual food when possible. So I do use olive oil, coconut oil, a few of the natural oils out there, but it's better to eat the actual food. Next, consider intermittent fasting. I've talked a lot about this. I don't think it's a fad. I think it aligns how God designed us. We shouldn't eat all the time. It's it's constantly caving in to the lust of the flesh. So I think internet, intermittent fasting provides a much needed break from food. So it's really up to you. I mean, you want to go a good a minimum 12 hours, uh, but probably up to 16 hours and really good benefits at 18 or so. So, you know, your last meal's at 6 p.m. You don't have another meal till, till lunchtime. Or some of you, which I've tried before, I eat breakfast, eat a good big lunch, and then maybe nothing after three o'clock. Then you can eat again, you know, nine or 10 the next morning. So these, this intermittent fasting, I don't think is a, is a fad. It's something that you should consider. Work it into your weekly routine. I would even say if there's a day you can just fast, like on Fridays, you know, I don't eat. I'm just seeking the Lord and I'm fasted lifestyle, you know, fasting mode here. Ketogenic diets. I want to say something briefly about that. This approach may be beneficial now and then for those who aren't able to exercise or lose weight or might have diabetes. And sometimes we need to jumpstart our system by rebooting it. Research healthy ketogenic approaches, such as by Dr. Axe and other other reputable resources if you want to go that route. But I just want to give you a brief overview here of my personal health plan. And now on that, I'm going to actually briefly just tell you about my daily routine. Again, this changes, but the routine, what I'm going to list here, it might sound like an obsession to some, but for the sake of this 
audio version, I detailed some of the things. I don't want to give much thought anymore about this, but I do want to lay it out for you. It might spark some motivation for some of you. So I begin the day around anywhere between 3, 3.30, 4, 4.30 in the morning for many, many, 23 years now. Worship, prayer, Bible reading, followed by later on a little bit, maybe some walking or some jogging, some bike riding, or I'll mix it up with some weights, 7.30 in the morning. Depends, you know, if it's getting hot out in the summer versus winter. I don't go to the gym anymore. Try to, you know, just take in some oxygen, breathe well, just active and basic stuff. And when possible, again, like I said, I don't eat in the morning. If I do, sometimes I eat a small amount because for me, if I eat a big breakfast or something, I can't get a, a good workout. And then my lunch uh, consists of fruits and nuts and salad, chicken breast, plant-based shakes, sometimes a quesadilla with some raw cheese and some tortillas that are organic that do not have refined vegetable oils in it. Same thing along the lines of dinner. So I'm not real complicated. And to me, People say, oh, that's real rigid. That can become uh, an eating disorder. And I don't, I don't think so. It, it feels good to me. I'm eating God-given food and, and trying to enjoy it. We must be flexible when life calls for flexibility, but firm when it calls for firmness. If I have organic meat, it's usually just once in a while, four ounces. I've changed that view a little bit, though. I have it more often. I also have uh, manuka honey or at least some good honey. If I don't have manuka honey, organic eggs and maybe some sourdough bread that's not, you know, maybe a piece of that. At my weight, I've been kind of just lifting weights more and, and not as much cardio. It's colder out. And I can tell, you know, I, I go up to 215 pounds. So I can fluctuate easy 15, 20 pounds. So it depends on what I'm trying to do. Years ago, I supervised many personal trainers. A large percentage of them looked great, even though they ate fast food and abused their bodies with alcohol and steroids. A perfect 10 is not our goal, but a healthy, God-honoring body is. As you move forward, don't allow a step back to become a setback. Get back up and keep moving forward. Very few people eat perfectly. However, they learn to make more right choices than wrong choices. As a result, they eventually develop a healthy, more energetic lifestyle. It's truly that simple to keep, just fall forward, get back up, hit the reset button, Often, fuel your motivation by reading God's Word, obeying God's Word, reading articles and books from trusted authors and those who believe in creation and who are going to give you motivation, and, and you just keep feeding that motivation. The fact that we are destroying our bodies should be motivation enough. Obesity among our youth is alarming. We are setting them up for failure. Folks, parents, listen up. I know this is hard to hear, but we are in control of the refrigerator and the pantry and what they eat when we go out to dinner and things like that. We've got to take a stand. And yeah, they're going to go through some withdrawals. Little demons are being removed when all these addictions are being removed, right? Tongue in cheek here. But uh, we do have to take a stand and make a difference, I think, especially for our kids. The next generation, the, the next generation could be possibly the most obese generation to ever live on our planet, if you want to let that sink in for a minute. The only difference between a white belt and karate, I love this point, and the black belt is that the black belt didn't give up. The only difference between those who succeed and those who fell is that those who succeed keep getting up, they fall forward. So I want to close this section with a thought about what does it profit you? This is so important. What does it profit you? At the end of the day, the most important aspect of health is spiritual health. Throughout my 20s, I continued to run from God, searching for identity and truth in everything but his word. 
By age 28, I had climbed the corporate ladder and money and success had become my gods. Ultimately, they controlled my life. I was driven, but for the wrong reasons. I felt a sense of purpose, but it often left me empty. I was passionate, but for the wrong things. Strength to me was bench pressing 400 pounds, drinking some beer, winning fights. What I failed to realize was that I was weak. I was dying inside and I was dying spiritually. I didn't have control of my life. My life had control of me. As a result of my misguided focus, my life was out of control. It was crumbling around me, and I just thank God that he watched over me that time because late 20s were not good. Desperate for desperate and depressed, and I was desperate for direction, I began to thumb through the pages of my Bible that I shelved long ago. Two scriptures I remember leap from the pages. What does it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And that just that just lit up in, inside of me. And today... If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And that's exactly what I was doing. I suddenly realized just how far I had drifted from the truth. I was at a turning point. I could choose to humble myself and turn to God or continue to reject him. By God's grace, I put my complete trust in him. Joy, happiness, and peace filled my heart. During the months that followed, my passion and purpose for life became clearer than ever. For those who doubt the existence of God, just look around. The fine-tuning of the universe, the perfect distance uh, from the sun and the earth here, the atmosphere, the, the balance of, of those, the hydrogen and oxygen and the human body. Look at how it's all the different things that are going on. How could that have evolved? How can there not be a creator? Folks, we can't let pride continue to blind us. The exact placement of the kidney, the liver, the heart, the lungs, all this had to happen Simultaneously, you couldn't evolve into these things. It's an intricate design. If you look at the skeletal muscles, the muscular system, the nervous system, it's impossible without a creator. Anthony Flew was one of the world's most famous atheists, but in 2004, he shocked the world. He left atheism. He said the integrated complexity of life itself, which is far more complex than the physical universe, can only be explained in terms of intelligent design, intelligent source. He went on to say that Christianity is the most persuasive argument. In short, there must be a creator. Evolution is a fact to some, right? To atheists, it's a fact. It's not a fact. Evolution is not a fact. It's actually been disproven many times over. Evolution is not a fact. It's a theory. It's a theory in crisis. And I think it's just a fairy tale people come up with so there's no God. Even Richard Dawkins, an evolutionary biologist at Oxford, made the following statement. The fact that life evolved out of literally nothing some 10 billion years after the universe evolved out of nothing is a fact so staggering that I would be mad to attempt words to do it justice. Yep, that's exactly what we do when we try to explain away God. Is your current belief system producing assurance, purpose, and peace, or is it bringing discouragement, disappointment, and despair? Turn to God today. Fully surrender and repent. That must take place. These are the keys to true fulfillment. We hear a great deal about God's judgment and what can keep us from heaven, and rightly so, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But we also need to reflect on God's goodness, love, mercy, and grace. It's difficult to transmit my love through Jesus for Jesus through this audio version of the book because he held my brokenness together. He healed me of that brokenness and restored my life, and he can do the same for you. There's a deep longing inside all of us that cannot be satisfied until we recognize our need for a Savior and we turn to him. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and Savior, 
and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me, let me leave you with this thought. I could write an entire book on my failures, but instead I try to follow the Apostle Paul's advice, and I encourage you to do the same. Forgetting those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. If you truly grasp hold of this truth, it can motivate and encourage you beyond measure. Though the road ahead may be uncertain at times, the solid ground beneath you will never shift. It's all about who you know. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.